0: All right. Welcome back to another edition, a special edition of Vegas Sports Nation. We are uh, not here on. We wasn't here on Tuesday, but we are here back on Wednesday. I got Stevie Slapshot in the house, in the building. It's me and Stevie today. We got our, our resident correspondent, Brooks Woodmore, on vacation. Mr. Woodmore, can you hear us clear? Coming in light and clear over. Can you hear me on that vessel? Are you? Uh, make sure you be careful. Don't be out there on no boats because then boats and little vessel boats are turning over now. Okay, be careful if you're on a boat.
1: Nope, I'm, I'm land bound.
0: <laughs> All oh, right. Well. How's the weather where you are?
1: Raining, raining, Mister Hayes and Stevie. It's raining, but let me tell you something. It didn't rain on the Raiders on Sunday, did it? Now,
0: well, it That's it did not. Twelve <laughs> win. I mean, which is exciting. We're, we're excited about that. The two game momentum, they're rolling. Me and Stevie was just kind of talking a little bit about the Raiders and what they did. I think the Raiders, uh, first off, these two games that they played against the two New York teams that are really bad was a perfect way to get a little bit of confidence going, some momentum going. These guys do want to play for Antonio Pierce. And so I think it kind of, you know how some things just fall right into place by playing the Giants and then the Jets, which are two really not-so-good teams. And now I think their test going to come against
2: Miami. Um, what do you say, Steve? I, I would agree with all of that. I, and I, I'm, I'm really impressed by, by the complete change of attitude and morale uh, with the Raiders. From, from McDaniels, uh, to, uh, to Pierce now. Uh, they will run through a wall for this guy. They obviously like him a lot. Uh, the smoke and the cigars in the locker room after the wins, it, it, it's just really, really good. Now they've, they've got some things to get done, and Miami is going to be a really tough game for them. I don't think they can beat the Dolphins. We'll see what happens, but, but it's a really good turn for the Raiders. Yeah. And Brooks. Here, here's my concern.
1: <clears throat> a little bit of a conundrum here because, if you think about it a little bit, if are the Raiders going to play themselves into an 8 and 8 situation and then they're not going to get a top draft pick and then we're kind of kind of being in a vicious cycle of trying to continue to find a quarterback of the future or how do you guys feel about that?
0: Well, I mean, at this point, I think the Raiders are just they want to Antonio because we know what happened a couple of years ago with Versace, right? He got into the playoffs and he still got let go for McDaniels. So at this point, the way Antonio Pierce has changed the, the, the camaraderie, the more, the morale, the, 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 the brotherhood he knows exactly. He's came out publicly and said, this is who I'm going to give the ball to. These are our workhorses. And that's what he's done. He's stuck. What I've what I keep hearing from a lot of players is he is a man of his word. I've heard this from coaches, I've heard this from people. I've met Antonio Pierce a couple of times. I know people that know him personally and he says uh what he does. When he tells you something, even though it may hurt your feelings, he's going to tell you the truth. And I think those players appreciate that about him and he is a former player. So he knows what it like what it- what the locker room should be and how it should be. He was a part of a Super Bowl champion. The Raiders aren't a Super Bowl team, but the mentality That he's bringing to this team. I think right now it's week to week, game to game. If he can just compete against some of the top tier teams, I think uh, uh, Mark Davis hands him the keys to the Jeep because he did mess up with Basachi
1: so I, I would agree with you, and the thing I would say is you know obviously you must be telling them they're going to get a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs,
0: yes, he so said it
1: talking a little bit about Miami, and the way to beat Miami might be a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs yeah. and try and control the clock so you don't get into a you know into a scoring race.
0: Yeah, and that's what me and Stevie, right, Steve? We just was yeah. we that's exactly what you just
2: said, Brooks. Is what me and Stevie was just saying. You want to elaborate on that, Stevie? Well, you know, you said it in the pregame fistfight. We we don't want a bunch of three and outs, right? Because then that scoreboard for Miami is going to look like a slot machine.
0: Yeah, and that and, that, and that's <laughs> that's the best way you can build well, it. It's going to be cha ching, cha ching, cha ching because we know Miami in one point two seconds they could be in the end zone with one of the fastest, if not the fastest player second third and fourth fastest player they got uh a- 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 he the running back who's four three out of Texas a m they got Waddle who's a four three guy and then they got Hill and then they just added <laughs> another weapon to go along with this whole team and their defense is solid so yes you can run the ball but if you're stacking the line because right now if I'm the Miami Dolphins and you guys can agree with me or tell me what your thoughts is but if I'm the Miami Dolphins coordinator McDaniel's head coach or McDa- McDaniel. What I'm doing right now is saying I am going to stop Josh Jacobs and I'm going to make somebody else beat me. I'm going to take Devontae Adams out of the pitcher. So we're putting our best corner, which is Jalen Ramsey, and I'm going to stack the box with seven or eight players on first and second down. Cause what I noticed with the Raiders is on first down and second down, they've been giving the ball to Josh Jacobs. For the last two weeks, first and second down, Josh Jacobs, and then if they get into a third down situation, where we gotta pass the ball. They're looking to have him pass, uh, and players are running right to the sticks. So the Dolphins, if they're watching this film the last two weeks, I'm stopping Jacobs and I'm taking Devontae Adams, com- taking those tight two out. I want somebody else to beat me this weekend.
1: Yeah, and I and I I would say the bright spot actually is the. Is the actual uh defense. I yeah. mean they've kind of come to play the last couple of weeks here and they've kept the Raiders in every game. Now it's not Miami, we know that. But at the same time, maybe it's something like you said that they can build upon. Maybe it's something where they can go and beat up on the Miami offense or at least just keep it keep it close, keep it honest. You know, yeah. give the Raiders another chance to win if they can maybe put a little pressure on Tua
0: yeah and and i and I think their defense I think their defense like again we've we would we keep continuing to talk about this. these players, and I mean all fifty three players are willing to run through a wall for him, and he's made it known antonio Pierce again, he's made it known. Having a player coach, if there's no other way to ex- describe the feeling because, like I said, me as a former player, when I had a coach that played the game, he understood the ups and downs he understood the roller coaster he understood the emotional side of football when you had a coach that's never played football but maybe been around it a long time you don't understand what these guys go through in the locker room i mean from off the field things that they got to deal with to things that they got to deal with on the field and in the locker room so i think pierce has gained the the respect not only of the players but of the locker room the his his other coaches and these guys are willing to go you know what he can relate to what I'm going through. And that's where I think McDaniels failed these, these players. He didn't understand what they were going through. He didn't understand the whole player coach camaraderie that you got to have with your coach. And I think right now the Miami Dolphins, I, one, one thing I do not hope they, I hope they don't overlook the Raiders because they do have some key games coming up. If they overlook this Raider team right now, we may see this game come down to a field goal or come down to a, a touchdown there at towards the end of the game or one turnover can be the difference in them winning or punt return or kickoff return. Something can be the difference from the Raiders upsetting Miami. If they are overlooking the Raiders, if they're not and they come to play like they, we know how they can play scoring a lot of points in a box. This will be a track meet and the Raiders will lose. If it's a track meet, if it's close. The Raiders defense, like we've seen against the Jets, they stepped up, made a play. Antonio Pierce came out and said, Spalina, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, I want to build my team around you. And when you tell a player that, Brooks, or, and, and Stevie, you tell a player that the first thing they do is look they self in the mirror and say, my coach believes in me. I don't think Josh Jacobs would, I mean, Josh McDaniels believed in a lot of these guys. I think Antonio Pierce have, He believes in them, but he also is letting it be known that these are the guys that are, I'm going to build this team around, whether I'm here or not, I'm going to build around this team and these players right now. And that's what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, let's move on to another great topic, which is UNLV football.
0: Yes, no, and we're waiting I, on our correspondent know, like, to call. Hopefully he'll get here in a few minutes. I told him 420, so let's just jump in and start with UNLV. Your thoughts on UNLV, uh, you and Steve, what are you guys' thoughts? Eight and two. First time since 2000 that this game, team has, uh, UNLV has had a team that has won eight games. I've been the biggest cheerleader for UNLV as a former player. This team will only, the way they'll lose is if they beat themselves.
1: Would agree with you, and actually, the kind of the moon and the stars came together here because Air Force lost to Hawaii, right? Yep, and Fresno lost as well. So, all of a sudden, UNLV went from having you know, have things having to go just so in order to get to the Mountain West playoff or in order to win the conference. Now, all of a sudden, they're kind of in the Catbird seat. So, if they went out, they're going to the conference champion and they're going as the number one seat,
0: yeah. In the Mountain West, so- I think I got our correspondent on, okay. Hold
2: on one- <coughs> second Brooks, okay. Yeah. Hey, so I'll just fill in while, the, while our producer gets the phone. Uh, I would just say this uh, about UNLV. Now, it, it's kind of the same thing with the Raiders playing the Jets and, and the Giants. It kind of fell right for them. It also kind of fell right for UNLV in that Fresno had a lot of injuries, so they take a loss, and Air Force had a lot of injuries the last two weeks in, in, to their starting quarterback in particular, and, and that contributed to those two losses.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, it is what it is. And I don't don't think UNLV is is, as worried about going up and playing Air Force on the road as they might have been, let's say, a month and a month and a half ago. I think now their confidence is so good. So strong that they are, I think they believe that they can go into Air Force and win. And had them, Stevie, having them lost the last couple of weeks, I think that's only adding to that confidence. Now all of a sudden Air Force look from being invincible and unbeatable to beatable and manageable.
2: And know? I forget what the Air Force quarterback status is, but even if he's back, he's clearly not going to be 100%. He's, he's, he's set out the last two games, so the, so there'll be some rust there. So I, I, hopefully UNLV can take advantage of that.
1: And that's it. that's super important when you're running the wishbone. Yeah. Absolutely, because the quarterback controls every decision, every play, every decision. There isn't everything is a multiple decision, multiple opportunity play for them. And so, in that instance, especially if you know if can't run, it, that really will help you in LV because they can be able to isolate you know on the running backs and kind of pick those guys out if the quarterback's not a threat.
0: Yeah. Well, well, you guys are right. We're now, we're let's uh let the expert, let uh, the guy who's in the locker room, on the field, uh my good friend, uh coach Coop, he's there. Coach, you there?
3: I'm here. How are you guys doing?
0: All right, good. Coach good. Uh, let's just recap real quick. Uh Wyoming, UNLV first time and tw- uh since 2000, the Rebels are uh an eight-win team. One thing that I'm 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 just happy to be a rebel and uh, and a proud alumni right now, Coach. What is this team's right now state of mind? I heard Odom's uh, interview and there's still kind of one game at a time. We haven't reached what our potential to be a, the best us yet. So what is this now? You guys dominated Wyoming, which was uh, you know a lot of people said okay, it might be a letdown from New Mexico, which just you know it happens. These are college kids. <laughs> But it looks like they just continue to just get better and better and better and better, more explosive. Um, I mean, the kicking game is just speaks for itself. Na- nationally ranked, these guys are racking up w- awards left and right, national awards, Mountain West awards. Right now, heading into Wyoming and now heading into this game against air force when we've seen air force and san jose i mean and fresno state lose what is the state of mind of everybody and the players coaches right now coach
3: well it's continue to stick with the plan you know we had a plan coming into this deal and nobody really believed the plan once you put it in place would be successful because that's what the trend has been you know and um but our kids are believed in it. We've been able to continually motivate our kids and, and to believe in what we're doing and the way that we're doing. Um, now, don't get me wrong. We focus on our opponents and what they do schematically on offense and what they do on defense and, and try to find an advantage in special teams. But we also, you know, we, but we, don't, we don't go play their logo. We don't go play their record. We go play their scheme, and that's the way we prepare. And so um, we focus on us and what we can do and what we can do to get better. You know, um, if you look at these guys, you know, and, and when the game is on the line or when there's tougher situations like the Wyoming, every time you end got to, you know, about the score before halftime and, and, and tie up the score after we jumped out 21 points, right when it looked like they have all the momentum, somebody make a play. And, um, you know, we believe in the work that we put in. These young men are working, and they're working for a result. And that result is not driven by what, what the what the sports books say, but not by what our opponents say, and um, but by, by the work that we've put in since um, winter conditioning and fall camp. And now it's all coming to fruition the same way that Coach said it would. So the kids trust the direction of the program. They trust the work that they put in. And more than anything else, the reason we're having success as a football team is we're, we're scoring touchdowns in the red zone in our field goals. And when we have an opportunity for a field goal, we're pretty automatic with that. And the next thing is we don't turn the football over, and we create turnovers. And then if you look at everything else, our third down, getting on the field, um, extending drives on third down as an offense, and then getting off the field on third down as a defense, and then you add in special teams, and that, that means all three phases of the game are complementary, and our guys are playing with, with great emotion, but they're not emotional, and that, that's what leads to our success.
0: Yeah, and you know something too, also, Coach. That's just kind of just really, you know, I mean, just the way light football gods work, right? The way the football gods work. Two weeks ago, Air Force was the hands-on favor to win the conference. They dropped one to Hawaii. Fresno State was only lost. UNLV had. They dropped to San Jose State in a in the same weekend. How how close were you guys watching those two games this past weekend?
3: You know, you in every situation, you know, you know we went into Fresno. That was a game that uh, that we didn't win. I mean, we didn't we lost. Fresno didn't win. You know, um, and, and so there, everybody's exposing everybody. We know that the meat of the schedule is still down the road. You know, you don't we don't look down the road, but. You know, Air Force is tough. They were one of the top teams. They were number 19 in the country. Fresno was number 33 in the country. Wyoming was number 32 in the country. And, um, when you start looking at national stuff, man, and, and you look, our, our our numbers speak for themselves. So the way that, you know, Fresno lost, they lost. You know, they're a beatable team. And the way that, you know, Air Force is, you know, the Army, that's that, that, that commander in chief trophy, man, is is what they play for. And Army went in and they, gave them a little bit of their own medicine. And, you know, so you again you you look at Hawaii, Hawaii's been getting better every week. And that's what I see with our players. We I don't think we still played our best game yet. And our complete game yet. But you know, um one thing about this game is you control what you can control and what you can't control you can't allow it to control you. Just two weeks ago, you know, it was a you know we know we still had Air Force. We still had Wyoming that, you know, we always thought that it's gonna be a two loss team to win the conference. You know, it was going to be there was going to, it had to be head to head competition down the line, and so that that head to head competition is happening us in Wyoming, and we were fortunate enough to win that one, and um, Fresno dropped one, and Air, Air Force dropped one, and now we're head to head with Air Force. You know, so we got to go in and take care of our business with that because now we control our own destiny. We don't need any help from anybody else outside. It's what matters is what we do and how we do it. So. Just continue to play the type of football that we plan. injuries are a part of it by week that's a part of it you know so when when people start saying that you know where they were banged up, they were down to play, you know what it is what it is and 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 I've always known that you know what you do in November it determines where you finish up at we have an opportunity to control our own destiny and um and that's what we plan on doing is focusing on the air force and nothing else because the only thing we can control right now is our opportunity that we have against the Air Force and what we do with it.
1: Hey, Hunky, real quick question. That's such a different look on the offensive side from Air Force. Do you have somebody advanced scouting them way down the road, and how do you actually prepare for Air Force, you know, for this Saturday's game?
3: Well, I'm an old dive option, triple option quarterback, and um, I've had a lot of success at them with the team up, you know, down south. And um, what you do with Air Force is they are – they're like Novocaine. They're going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it down here. It's going to be a dive option or it's going to be a pitch option or it's going to be a perimeter pitch. They're going to feed the fullback, and when you hit the fullback, now they're going to pull it with the quarterback, and then when you hit the quarterback, now they're going to pitch it. So you have to be sound in what you do. You have to be gap sound. You have to stop the run, and you have to control the time of possession. You cannot be three and out with Air Force. What they do is run the football, and, and, and the whole world of football now is spread offense it's about how fast you can go. You know, and how many plays can you get? Can you run 90 plays? The Air Force is completely different. They're about time of possession, um, calculated runs, um, managed clock management, and, and, and they want to play physical defense. They're going to blitz you on defense, and they're going to play man-to-man and, and and cover three. And so you have to attack what they do, not who they are, because, you know, we respect the heck out of them, man, for what they do and, and what they're going to do after football, and they're going to protect them. And, and serve this country in ways that that provides freedoms for us. But for that sixty minutes, we have to go out and play against who they are and what they do. And and so um and after the game, and then we'll go over and celebrate with. them. But at the end of the day, I think the model to have success in this Air Force. What I've been involved in is first and foremost is you have to get up a couple of scores on. Okay, you get up a couple of scores. Their offense is not designed to throw the football down the field. It's not. It's not designed to score points quickly. It's, de- it's designed to methodically break you down, running physical, physical, physical downhill fullbacks at you when everybody else in the world now is about pass rushing and getting up the field. So you rush up the field and they run it downhill, you got to recipe for disaster. The other thing is you cannot turn the football over. You're already going into the game expecting six or seven possessions. And if you turn the football over or go three and out, now they're going to have 40 minutes, 48 minutes on the clock. If you if you know Air Force, when you punt the football to them, they run off the field. They don't even want to bobble the football or at risk turning it over. They let it die down, and, and, and then they put it into play, and they, they run the football. So, again, you're going to go into a dogfight. They're tough. They're committed to what they do. They're really, really good at what they're doing. Troy Calhoun's been there for 17 years, and they're not going to change what they do based on injury and nothing else. So it's going to be what we do. In protecting the football, controlling the time of possession, and being able to get up scores on them, forcing them to not run the football but try to throw it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's amazing. Again, we're talking with our, uh, Coach Coop from, you uh, down at UNLV getting prepared, getting ready for, uh, to take on the Air Force Academy down in Colorado Springs. Uh, Coach Coop, one thing about Air Force, um, I'm, I'm sure you guys already had the opportunity to, uh, if you, if you, uh, the film on, uh, the Air Force Hawaii game, maybe even a couple of films of Air Force. What did you guys see in that Hawaii Air Force game that really showed you guys that, we can beat this Air Force team because they were I'm saying Hawaii's like you said, they were getting better every week and week out, but nobody expected them to be uh, an Air Force team. What did you see in that Hawaii game that let you make you guys feel like we can go up to Colorado Springs again? I have played up in Colorado. You've probably played up there, too. At the, the, the The elevation kind of everything changes when you get up to Colorado Springs. So what did you see that could help this team this weekend?
2: Well,
3: I've seen the commitment we've made since the time this staff got gotten here. And so Air Force is going to do what Air Force do. But I've seen, you know, as we talk about stopping Air Force, and the question you have to ask the Air Force is how do they stop us? Mhm we're putting up as many points we're executing on third downs we're scoring in the red zone, we're good on special teams and we're we we're we getting stops on defense so you know we can we could you know all be real about it and just say you know and I'll never write a check that the kids have to go cash and play, but I think in the Hawaii game I'm seeing Hawaii playing harder. They played hard. I think they played hard. I'm not saying Hawaii was a better team, but they was a better team that night. And I know, I, like I said, I played against the Air Force as a player. I played against the Air Force as as, as a coach for multiple years and many years. And, and you have to dedicate time, not just the week that you play them. You have to dedicate time to stopping that offense and what they do because it's a unique deal. You don't find a lot of film. And the only film you find on it is with the Naval Academy and Air Force Academy and arm. And so, but us, I just think that um, – we have to focus on us. We have got to stop the run, make them put the ball in the air, and we have to be able to continue to to get our speed in space, take shots down the football field, and and, and just play our best brand of football. We and I think I think everything else will take care of itself. But it's going to be a dog fight. They're a great football team, um, and just because they dropped off two in a row, I, I think they feel a little pressure, so they're going to probably play better at their place. And um, we just look forward to the opportunity and, and I, I think our guys have prepared right, the right way. And like we have every week and um, we'll go out and, uh, and take this team and and try to come back home with, with a winning record.
0: Yeah. Huh. Uh, one more thing and then we'll, we'll let you go. Um, I just had a, one more question. I think maybe Brooks has one. I have one final question for you. Um, in November, like you said, Coach, November is like, that's where you, that's where all those deposits you guys made in, in, in spring and summer, you start to make those withdrawals, those big withdrawals in uh, November. This team, from a health standpoint, that's something that does hurt a lot of teams, injuries and things like this. How have you guys uh, b- been able to sustain a lot of your key players being healthy?
3: We um, that's that's a part of our plan again. The way that we practice in two spots, where the ones and the fours get reps, and the twos and the threes, nobody's standing around. First and foremost, our guys have been repping the same thing that I started at. The next thing is um, the little training room and, and, and meals. You know, people people joke about meals and missed meals. It's mandatory at every meal. You know, and we we're able to take those gains and develop our bodies. I think our strength and conditioning program. Is second to none in the country. And I think the way that Coach fish have, um, the time that's spent with prehab rather than rehab, you know, prevent injuries from happening, doing things that, that we, that we know make us better. If our hip flexors are tight, let's be able to, to, to release those hip flexors. If we have soft tissue stuff, let's release that stuff prior to practice. Then after practice, cold tubs, treatment, you know, taking care of your body because the teams that win in November are the ones that are remembered. And so, You know, it's the same month for everybody else. And the guys that haven't taken care of their bodies at this point, people are going to start to drop. People are going to start to lose key players. But the main thing is you have to stay healthy. You have to get your guys through it because it's also it's the end of the season and it's flown by. You know, we're in week 11. And so some people had an early bye week. Some people had a late bye week. How you use those bye weeks? How you use your depth? All those things are part of the plan. And so – you know, um, it's, it's gonna. You know, if you if you look in November, teams are gonna climb. Teams that have been playing really well and teams are gonna fall, and then some teams are gonna hit their stride and they're gonna ride it all the way through the end of the playoffs in the um, in the um, bowl Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last question, Brooks. You got anything for Hunk before I let him go? I got one last question.
1: <laughs> no, go ahead, Mark. Other than go Rebs.
0: Yeah, go Rebs. Hey, Hunky. I, I, again, I, you know, you look at the the. You guys are right outside that top twenty five, and. um um, what, as far as that goes, as far as being in that first time, probably in history for UNLV or in a long time, how are you guys looking as far as filling as far as, you know, maybe one more game, maybe two more games away from climbing into that top 25 for the first time in a long time at UNLV?
3: We got blinds on. We're looking at Thursday's practice. We don't, we don't see that. We don't just like, we don't hear the noise. We don't, we don't see it either. You know, our deal is to focus on what's going on at Rebel Park and and keep it internal and just go out and work. You know, we don't – if you keep your head down, you know, sometimes it's like everybody focuses on the finish line. If you keep focusing on that finish line, then you miss that next step. So we focusing on the next step, and that's that's Thursday's practice, getting in here, have great meeting times, and and have a great, um, you know, Thursday practice and special team practice. And what we do practice-wise, getting our guys off of their feet, you know, and getting ready for the flight on Friday, and traveling down to, like you said, the altitude man, and and getting together and focusing and, and more meeting and time, meeting times and and time together, and and then getting ready to go out and put a great product on the field, you know, Saturday afternoon. But we focus on on what's next, not not down the line. So we don't look at the top twenty-five. that yeah. That's whatever. Think about it. Is there's other people just like recruiting, right? You got to go to two four seven guys. Say he's a four star, but those guys have never played football. <laughs> so you have a you have a guy right. that's ranking some ranking people playing football that's never played football. and, and we we don't look for that. We go, we don't look for four and five stars. We look for what fit what we do. And and for us right now, the way we have success is focus on the next day and, and, and win that day. And um that's that and that's how when you look up at the end of the season have twelve or thirteen wins.
0: Yeah, there you go. Good. Well, again, Hunky Cooper with us, uh, UNLV coach, mentor. I mean, just everybody. man. I'm just, you know, excited about what you guys are doing down there. And again, if you want to watch this game, it is going to be on CBS Sports Network. You can ch- catch it there. It's a 1232 kickoff, uh, November 18th, uh, Saturday. And, uh, we are cheering and rooting for the, for the Rebels, Hunk. And uh man, continued success. And uh we'll we'll talk next Tuesday and uh we'll 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 dive in the Air Force.
3: Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot, man. Go rebs. Go rebs. Go
0: rebs. All right, all right, all right. We are back. And uh some great information, guys, right? I mean Hunky always comes through with some great information. I mean, just just he you can tell he's talked to a lot of radio tv you could just tell he's been doing this for a long time from the high school level all the way up to the college level and just the way he speaks and so um what do you guys think let's 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 uh, air force unlv they're going up to colorado springs colorado it's a tough i play i played in colorado springs three times and i'm i'm one and two up in colorado springs and it is tough to play up there in november Right. We want to have Air Force come here, but it's tough to play up there in November, especially after they have dropped two two games. So we're going to get a chance to see what Air Force is really all about, because UNLV, we know what they're about, because after a loss, they bounce right back and won six in a row. They lost to Fresno State. They've won two straight. So we're going to get a chance to see what Air Force is really about, but also what UNLV is really made of, because if you can beat a top 25 team, like an air force that puts you in the map as far as i know i know hunky was being humble but what would it how sweet would it be if unlv was in the top 25 number 25
1: i mean that would be fantastic for the program and that would kind of validate all the work that coach odom's done <laughs> and i think it'd be really good for the program but Uh, I really feel like they've got a legitimate chance to beat Air Force because I'm not sure if Air Force can keep up with UNLV's offense because we've been scoring it in fits in pretty much every game in the last five games. And so Air Force is a grinded-out kind of team, and Stevie had mentioned that the quarterback's been out and he's been injured. And so if they can't keep up with our pace of scoring, they could be in trouble, you know, it could be from playing from behind, and they're not a team that can score quickly. They're a team that has to grind out plays, and grind out wins, and grind out drives. So I kind of like the rebels. Uh, I like the rebels in this game. I think they're they're catching three on the road, which is kind of a push. But it's cold up there, and they got high altitude. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I, I love the rebels too in this spot. It's just, it's just you know when you, you know, Air Force is coming off two. Losses, um, like Hunky said, I I, 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 don't, I don't see it being a blowout. I see it being one of those games where it's going to be a, like Air Force is going to grind the ball. They're going to do what they do, which is a triple option, uh, fullback dive. Uh, and every now and then they'll sneak you with a pass, but I just, I, I just got this feeling that UNLV is going to go up there. I think they win the game, but I think Air Force know that they are playing for that Mountain West championship. To, uh, on Saturday.
2: Mark, talk, talk to me about what, what it's like to play in a high altitude when you're used to playing, you know, in Vegas, in your case, and then you go up to Wyoming or you go up to Colorado Springs. What's that like? It's, it's just the, uh, the breathing. You're yeah. breathing. Your breathing is
0: a little bit different. You're trying to get more air. Okay. You're trying to get more air. So it's kind of like the elevation. Like when, I, when we leave here and go to uh, anywhere where it's high altitude, it's, it's your breathing. You have to, you're not breathing normal. All okay. right, especially when you're on the field, you got your helmet on, you got your pads on, so your breathing changes a little bit. You're trying to get more air, so you're breathing a little bit harder. your Your lungs are working a little bit harder than they normally would work, like here in Vegas, where you know altitude is kind of low.
2: So, how does that affect you as a player? Are you not able to do the things that you would be able to do in Vegas? No, there for one game. No, it doesn't
0: affect that. It just it does it does affect where a guy that does 50 plays or 40 plays or 30 plays, he may only be able to do. Little less, okay. so he may not be able to do his full sixty plays or fifty plays. Okay. Like when we was playing, and I can remember this, I will, I, I played the whole game. But in that Air Force game, there were moments in series where I needed a break, okay, or two, just to catch my wind, get some water, and then come back on the field. So that's where it could be challenging if these kids aren't breathing correctly. If they are aren't getting water at every break, every time out, they can start filling tired a lot quicker so then you have to take a break and catch your breath not saying they can't catch their breath while they're on the game but it is a point where you start feeling a little bit tired a little bit quicker so i think you get tired
2: you and lv will probably do more substituting in this game than they normally would yeah i think they'll have some like like hunky
0: said they got more depth but some of these kids that haven't been up in that, ele- that altitude or that elevation they are going to have and I'm not and it, it's not it's not like a oh, I'm gonna pass out yeah. <laughs> breathing, yeah. but you can just feel your lungs having to work a little bit do, harder, do, do they burn Do your just burn a little I wouldn't no. say burn, okay. but you can just tell that you're getting higher up into the elevation, okay. more like into the mountains where you're like you're working a little bit harder, okay. I think your breathing is working a little bit harder, and again, it's not like a where you're like you just poke smoked a pack of cigarettes okay. or something where you're 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 coughing and breathing, but you do. Need a little more time to catch your breath. Okay. You need a little bit, especially with Air Force. If they go on a 20, uh, maybe that's too much, but say if they go on a 13 or 14 play drive yeah. and they're just running the ball, right. UNLV's defense might get tired, okay. right? Cause they yeah. haven't played a team like that. And I think they use that elevation to their advantage because okay. they drive the ball down the field and they just run the ball mm-hmm. and they don't huddle up they go right back to the line because they're running the same place so that's where you get a little bit tired and that's where i used to get tired is there can non no huddle they're just going no huddle no huddle no huddle you got guys with their hands on their knees you got guys with their hands on the helmets breathing hard trying to work now you're on the, uh, the altitude so that's where air force takes advantage of that because they know which players okay are tired or okay. OK, we're going to go to the right because that defensive end, he hasn't t- came out the game. He's not going to be 100 percent. He might be 60, okay. but he's not going to be 100 percent. And I think that's where they do their matchups at. And they're able to take advantage of guys who may be a little bit tired because when you start putting your hands on your knees yeah. or when you start having your head down, yeah. and you trying to get air. Right. That's where Air Force takes advantage of okay, their opponents. Yeah, I got it. Gotcha. So. Let's take a short time out. Let's take a short time out. All right. Well, let's, you want to jump into UNLV sports? I know we had basketball. I was at the uh, the men's basketball game, and then the women have won uh, a couple of games. You want to just get into the UNLV sports, and then we'll go right into the Knights?
1: Yeah, let's just jump into UNLV real quick. So here's my biggest fear, okay? After all this preseason hype about the UNLV basketball team and all the new rec- guys that are transferring in and, and jade and thomas coming in i just surely hope that in january we're not talking about having to win the mountain west tournament to get into the nc2a tournament again i mean we this team came in pretty heavily hyped they they opened up as a 19 and a half point favorite against southern they turned around and lost 85 to 71 and it was disappointing and it wasn't close. I mean, they started the second half down 19 points, you guys. And in 20 and they were down 21 points with 4 minutes left. I mean, they lost poise on offense, they didn't adjust on defense. They were stymied against the zone press. It was like a broken record of hit the mid-strike pressure. You know, they they'd pass it off and then they'd kick it to a three-point shooter and the three-point shooter would miss. And the thing that scared me a little bit or was super concerning was there wasn't a lot of coaching. They just kept doing the same thing over and over with bad results. And then they got out rebounded by Southern, which was a smaller team and a thinner team. And they didn't do much defensive coaching as well. Southern just kept going to the pick and roll and just burning them all night. So I think, you know they adjusted the next game, but I think Kevin krueger has got his hands full, and this is going to be a year where he's got to take a lot of components from a lot of different schools, and a lot of players come from different programs and try and mesh them together and pull the most out of his talent. And we certainly did not see that in the first game. Now, obviously, Mark, you went to the second game.
0: Yeah, I was at the Stetson. Yeah, I was and there.
1: Now, what did you see at that
0: game? I, you know what I have seen is UNLV got off to a fast start. I seen them. They, 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 they were. I think they're it's 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 second game so i don't want to say that's their they're gonna have an they already have an identity but what i did see is the same unlv team we seen in the second half of the southern game i did see that unlv team where the guys were coming out they were not rushing shots they were taking a with they shots that the stetson gave them and they were uh putting the ball in the basket they had some breakaways um and i was i was really I was really impressed um at at times with some of their some of their leaders that we, you know, we we were saying that, that you know, they got some starters that came back. We got they got some freshmen that came back. But I was really ex- ex- um excited about Rodriguez. I was really excited about Rodriguez. I seen him actually look like the Rodriguez that we seen glimpses of last year. And he really. He really stepped up his game. He really played well in that game. Um, and, um, Webster, Webster hit a, some, a few, uh, three pointers. So some of the older guys that we expected to be good this year for this team, I've seen them play a lot better against Stetson and then in the second half against Southern. That's what I was real more impressed with that first half against Southern compared to the second half and the, the whole game against Stetson. You've seen the UNLV and what they're capable of doing, but capability and, and hope don't win you games. Pepperdine in Florida state is up next. Now you'll be able to see what this UNLV team is really about. And coach Kruger, even when they were winning, he wasn't doing a lot of coaching. So I've, I've kind of don't want to make an assumption or, or, or speak out of terms because of it's the two games into the season. I am not a 100 percent sold on his coaching as far as what he wants to do, what offense he wants to run, what defense he wants to run. They're almost just playing street ball out there right now. Your athlete against my athlete. And that's what I'm seeing. And that's what I've seen. And I was watching real close. I was like, okay, let me just see what they said is coming out of a timeout. And it was almost just like we're going to put our best athletes against your best athletes and we're going to flip a coin. And see which one wins. If it's heads, it's us. If it's tails, it's you. And that's what I've seen a lot of my athlete against your athlete. My athlete, my two guard against your one guard. So it was more or less that where he wasn't doing a lot of coaching and and calling plays, even in timeouts. And even when um, Stetson went on a a little run, they went on like a six six zero run. He kept playing. But then when they came out, they, they called the timeout. He came back out. And it looked like they were playing street ball again. No sets, no 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 real offensive plays, and so that cons- concerns me long long term.
1: I agree with you. I did, and it just didn't see a lot of adjustments. Like the other team would would change their course of action, and UNLV would stay in their same.
0: Yeah, and that's coaching.
1: That's program. coaching. It, it, it's like, hey. You know you, they're running the same defense against you. You need to switch it up a little bit. You need to take it to the hole as opposed to shooting a three pointer. Once you break your press, then you do have an advantage. You should have a man advantage, and you should be passing and cutting to the you know and cutting to the basket. And I just didn't see any of that in the first game at all. And it was a little bit kind of like I was. Just, I have the same worry that you have. You know, and he just kind of stands on the sideline with his arms folded. Expecting a different result. It yeah, reminds me a little of Dave Rice.
0: Yeah, and that and that, that I was speaking to another one of our, our 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 broadcast partners, and he was saying the same thing. Maybe maybe Kruger again. He was a Desiree Francois francais whatever you want to call her. That was Francois. one of her hires. So now with the you know the new AD. Do he give Dave? Uh, do he give? I almost call him Dave Rice. Do we give the Kruger one more s- this season to see how he does, and if he doesn't do well, he may be out of a job where they're looking for a new uh, men's basketball coach.
1: I, I I hope not. I hope he brings it around because I do like Kevin Kruger. Yeah, and everybody's like, saying that, you know, but the families, the families, you know, the families got roots in the program, and Kevin's a UNLV player. And I think he's a you know he's a wonderful guy. I just want to see them play better.
0: Yeah, but 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 liking him and and, and him coaching and wins, you can like Kruger from a distance or on a, on, a, on a, as an assistant somewhere. But you know, there's That's a fair. difference between a head coach and a ball coach, and we've learned that in football, it's the same. Maybe you're not a head coach, but maybe you're a great assistant.
1: Right. But who's a great head coach? Is Lindy LaRock.
0: Oh yeah. Two and
1: the rebels do. Yeah, two 2-0. and up. I mean she did great. They they beat up on uh you know, College of Charleston and mm-hmm. Utah Tech. Not exactly powerhouses, but I think those were their two games to get into a rhythm, kinda like the men's team. You play, you know, you you want to play a couple easier games, get yourself in the rhythm, get your team in a rhythm. And I think she's done her job to the T. I know they got a pretty good uh non conference schedule.
0: Yeah. They're three and zero. They're actually three and zero.
1: Three and zero. You're right. I apologize. It beat Long Beach as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I'm excited about where they're going. And and just to give a quick wrap up on UNLV sports, men's soccer lost in the semis or uh, lost in the finals of the WAC tournament.
0: Yes, seen that. Which
1: was pretty good for them because they really weren't didn't play that good of soccer throughout the course of the year. So that was nice. Yeah. So that's about it for UNLV sports. Volleyball uh, had one win and one loss, and not too not too great of a year for volleyball in comparison with last year when they when they won the Mountain West. But uh, you know that's pretty much wrapping it up for UNLV.
0: Yeah, and they got um, some women's basketball coming up on the 18th at uh, the Cox Pavilion. Also, just if people want to get out there and watch this women, Larock has put out a great product, um, and I <laughs> I got to tell you. If if this team, OK, if this team ride the back of young, they're going to be hard to beat. I'm so glad she came back for her senior year. Um, mm-hmm. This team is going to be tough. She recorded her thirty seven six and thirty seven double double uh, twenty two and thirteen. I mean, uh, dished out for assists. I think she is on a mission. And I'm happy. I'm excited to go out and watch this team play this year. But I think she is on a mission to just bounce back from that loss they had in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think they were really disappointed that they were such a quick out first round out in the tournament. And I think they are on a mission this year to go well past that. You know, I mean, they had such a successful year, though, with 31-3. and I mean, I, it, I don't think the, the overall numbers don't matter as much now. I think they're more focused on, well, probably winning the Mountain West and winning the tournament always. But then getting into the tournament and advancing further than the first round, I think, is probably on everybody's mind, even though that's way down the road.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But you, again, like honky. I mean, when you're when you're when you're you have to be politically correct when you talk. <laughs> you have to say things mm-hmm. so don't somebody doesn't come back and bring it back up later, but I can tell you they have that taste in their mouth from that tournament. I mean, they won the Mount West. They went into the tournament, uh, a first round opponent. I think it was Michigan. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Michigan and um, they had all the tools that that they needed to beat that Michigan team in the first half. But I I think this team in the back of their mind and the taste they had in their mouth it, it, they want to get back to the tournament, and and I'm sure they're not looking ahead, but I'm sure they got it in the back of their head. Like, look, it, it's 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 all or nothing.
1: Right. I think this is their year as well. Yeah. Real quick, Knights had their year last year. They went to the White House. Now, Stevie, I'm a little concerned. We lost three or four. Give me your take on the Golden Knights.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. But remember, they're they're missing Waugh and Haig and Stevenson right now. I didn't see anything from practice today. Uh, yesterday, Wall was able to practice in a normal Jersey. So he's close. Uh, Hagen Stevenson uh, practiced in red jerseys yesterday, but they're on the trip. So I don't think they'd bring them along the trip if they didn't expect them to play at some point during the trip. So I, I think they'll be back at some point. Um, so the, the, the first game to talk about is the Kings game uh, was last Wednesday. Um, it was a continuation of the third period against Anaheim uh they they just didn't have their legs and you got to give the kings a lot of credit they played that 131 and they just clog up the neutral zone and the knights couldn't crack it uh in that game against the kings and they didn't have their legs and it it just wasn't a good night um uh for the golden knights and um then the, ne- the next game was San Jose they win five to nothing, Brooks. But watching that game, that they just did not play well, and and it was simply the Sharks are not good enough uh, to compete with uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. They the Knights turned it over continually, and and the Sharks w- weren't able to take advantage of that. And uh, and the Sharks defense and goaltender is just not good. Uh, they were able to get into the offensive zone easily. Uh, when they had the puck and, and scored just as easily because the defense and goaltending just is not good, uh, for San Jose. And then last night, they, they play, I think, their, their best game, uh, of the last week and, and come up short three to nothing. It was actually, uh, a one to nothing game in reality. There was the, uh, the empty netter and then, uh, yeah. And then, and then White Cloud dropped the puck there at the end and, uh, and let a guy go in, uh, alone. Uh, so, but basically it's a, it's a one score game that they lose. Um they had their legs. Uh they played really well. There were like four breakaways uh that they, they just couldn't get in the net. The, the the guy for Washington stood on his head and stacked BB's. So you you some <laughs> some 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 nights you, you just can't break that. Uh the the one thing and, and the knights continually talk about this. When you have the puck and you have a shot, shoot the puck. And and they want to make that extra pass. They want to be fancy. They they have to get away from that, Brooks. When when you have a yeah. shot Shoot the puck. If you yep. don't, if, if the goalie's in good position and you're not sure you can score, get it low on his pads toward his foot. Right. Where, where there then is going to be a loose puck in the blue paint. All right. And, and then now because you're shooting the puck, the other forward should be crashing the net. So, so you have to have this mentality of shoot when you have a shot and the other guys know that the guy's going to shoot it. So we're crashing the net for the rebound. They just they just refuse to do that, Brooks, and they need to do that.
1: Yeah, and I watched some of that game. A lot of it last night was bad puck luck, but I agree there was a moment where Pietrangelo had a shot from you know seven feet away, right, inside the circle, and he tried to make some pretty cross eye, you know, pretty press in the corner of the crease to you know, and, and just you're you're right. Let it go. Yeah. Let him go. Let it go because if you don't shoot. You just funny things happen. Funny bounces happen. It hits a skate. It hits a foot. Absolutely it a, right. Know, it hits a leg. The goalie gets screened. Something happens. There's more tips and crazy things that happen in hockey. And then there's rebounds. And so you just have, you know, then the rebounds to somebody standing wide open, and they just bury it, and then you're right back in the game. But they did have high danger chances, and I agree with you. Of what I saw in the game last night, I thought they really actually skated pretty well and played pretty well.
2: They did. They 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 played really well. They skated very well. They had their legs last night. They got all those chances. They just couldn't convert. And you, you have to give it up, uh, to the goaltender for, for Washington a little bit. But again, also, and, and obviously Cassidy's preaching this because the players in their interviews bring it up all the time. They just don't do it. And, and, and they haven't done it for, for six years and, and a month now. It's, it's, it's been that way here. They, I, do, I don't understand it. But, but if, if well. they, if they're willing to, it's, you know, the great one said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take so so the, if you have a shot take the shot because you're right when you try to make those fancy passes a lot of time that puck gets a skate you know, some the opponent gets a stick on it whatever and and then you don't get a shot yeah i agree with you i just the only
1: the, the guy who shoots all the time is marcio so
2: well i think I mean, the other he, he, the other guy's he, petrangelo he'll fire from from the point but uh, what what yeah. and, and and again I I don't mind that because uh, I'm I'm preaching shoot the puck. What I want to see Petrangelo do is take a little off. He cranks up yeah. and misses by five feet. You you have to get the puck on net. So take a little bit mm-hmm. off Petrangelo and get it on net, and then we have something we can work with.
1: You no, know, I agree with you. I agree because sometimes he misses and the, the puck caroms out so quickly it creates a breakaway going the other way. Correct or an odd man rush because they're coming out so hot on his shot. Correct. But um, so I'm going to ask you one more question though, Stevie, real quickly. Okay. So let's say that Roy haig Stevenson come back, and we actually have no injuries. I think we're the best team in the NHL. We're
2: we're right there. I mean, we we beat Colorado. That that's the other one that immediately comes to mind. Uh, who who's the best in the East? Boston. Boston, yeah. Um, I. Well, but I'm just saying, I just feel like when we we're at full strength.
1: Good luck. We roll our lines. We got great defense.
2: I agree with all of that. Two
1: three goals max, and you're 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 in trouble. You know we're going to beat you four out of three out of four games all I, I year agree.
2: long. I agree with all that. And you and that was a great point you brought up, and I'm glad you said it because I I would I would have forgot tonight that fourth line is so so good, and I would go to that fourth line when you're having trouble in a game. I would play them mm-hmm. more because they we we, we talked about. How UNLV's got to possess the football this weekend. The, the Knights that, especially that fourth line, possess the puck. When the other team spends all of their time in their defensive zone, that wears them out. And I don't care if that fourth line scores. If that, if their entire shift is in the offensive zone, that's a huge win for the Knights.
1: Absolutely, and then they create chances. Of walk and walk They finish, and can finish, and Polizzi can occasionally finish, and it works out pretty well for the Knights. I think that fourth line is actually our one of our difference makers.
2: I, 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 I what think, separates I, us? I think you're right, and I, and I again, I would like to see Cassidy roll them out more, especially when they don't have it going that night. They'll create momentum mm-hmm. for you.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. So hey, real quick, Marky, let's do a quick wrap up of what's going on in Vegas. Now there's a prize fight. Shakur Stevenson is fighting uh, De Los Santos Thursday yes. at T-Mobile. That's a big fight coming up. Yep. You got um, there's the G League is back in action over mm-hmm. at uh, Dollar Loan Center. The Silver Knights are in action. They got three home games. Uh, Got the Continental Basketball Classic featuring San Diego State, Xavier, Washington, St. Mary's. There's another tournament, a basketball tournament, over at the Dollar Loan Center. And then there's this this thing that's going to be driving It's this other event this weekend in the city. I I, I can't remember I can't,
0: what's it called. I, I, I don't. I think it starts with an F. And it's not yeah, that, that four letter word. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> F one. It's here. F1, you know what? I just yeah, I, I, I just
0: speaking about that they're still not completely finished. Oh. They're not. Uh, I'm not surprised. They're not completely finished with the, all the, the the things that they needed to do to get the track and, and, and actually run the race. They have 48 hours before this race kicks off, Brooke. So, Uh, (laughs) qualifying thursday (laughs) i don't i don't know as many cones as i see around uh, the, the the city and the not the construction being finished yet and they still starting a new job and a new project and the cones are just sitting all over the place i think that's what happened here they were just putting cones out but not finishing the jobs
1: Oh yeah, I feel like uh that the cone is the state flower
0: these days. <laughs> they just set it out and it goes go this way, detour, but they're not finishing the projects and it's going to be very interesting to see on Friday when they do the qualifying race how things shake out because it might be some people's heads spinning if this thing ain't completely fixed.
1: So absolutely. So they got it. Verstappen is the king of F1. He has one uh, 16 out of 19 races this thus far this season. Yeah. He's minus 330 in betting, so it'll be an interesting weekend. You can go to a ticket. I looked on the... On StubHub, and you can get a ticket for 110 for the qualifier. There you, know, you go. Not the actual race, but it's the Thursday qualifier. So if you want to go and experience it, at least it's not $14,000 like it was
0: originally. <laughs> Look, I'm hanging out right at the bridge on one of the bridges, and I'm watching the race. If I, uh, but I'm not, I'm going to stay as far away from it as I can. I don't even want to, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go to Arville. Or Valley View. I don't even want to go the, I don't even want to get that close to the strip, so I'm standing far away from it. Actually, this weekend I'm gonna be away. I'm gonna be at my picks. Do we got our picks, fellas? Let's let's talk our picks because I'm gonna be at the game that I'm picking today.
1: Oh, well, I'm taking the Chargers this week. You and the Chargers. I, I'm jumping back on the Chargers train. Yeah. Playing against the Packers or laying three on the road. I don't know. I just drink the, I'm drinking the Justin Herbert kool-aid but who do you like mark
0: that's not a bad pick i got two picks for everybody my first one is usc it's usc ucla game you were supposed to be there but to know family first you're on vacation we're gonna do it again next year they'll be playing the big 10 so usc ucla minus six and a half i think usc puts a UCLA is playing bad football right now so I'm taking USC I was on their bandwagon in the beginning I jumped off of it and they lost four games in a row but I'm back on the USC bandwagon I think they covered at six and a half uh, in their final home game in the uh the Pac-12 um so I'm taking them and then also riding in the NFL the Steelers I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Browns Deshaun Watson is off out for the season they got Our uh, uh, local kid here, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's going to be starting for the Browns. He still has a, he's he's in a learning curve, but I could be, I could be wrong. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, cover this minus one. Actually, Cleveland is favorite. So I'm taking the Steelers in this one.
1: All right, Stevie, give us your
2: five star lock of the week. Well, I'm going to go Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night in Montreal uh, off of this loss against Washington. I think they'll take it out on the Habs. There you go. There
0: you go. Those are That's a that's a good parlay. I don't know if I'm doing that on a parlay or if I'm doing a single individual games. Um, you can Brooks, do both. No parlaying this week. All right, let's pick one team and just ride them out.
1: I'd say mine might be the most suspect.
0: <laughs> Take Pittsburgh. Cleveland is giving one and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Good quarterback at UCLA, but his first outing and his Pittsburgh's defense, it's going to be hard. Cleveland does have a good defense as well. But I think Pittsburgh minus one, and they're they're the dogs. Uh, so I don't know. At home, I'm taking Pittsburgh with the plus one.
1: All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see right. you next week. All right, because man. Are, I- you, are you
0: are you are you are you home next Tuesday, or do we got to go Wednesday?
1: No, we're all Tuesday next
0: week. <laughs> all right, brother. Have fun, man. Take some pictures, man. Have a good time. Okay, I didn't get no uh, no uh, exercising pictures lately. They're coming. coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Enjoy yourself.
1: Thank you. All right.
0: All right. Vegas Sports Nation. Stevie, thanks, brother. Thanks for coming by and uh, just having some fun with us on uh, Vegas Sports Nation. Uh, We'll see you next Tuesday.
2: I'll be here. All right.